Hey everyone, Samantha Farley here with Type 1 Tribe. So excited you're about to listen to this interview with Raquel Barron. She is awesome and talks about her businesses related to type 1 diabetes, the Babysitter's Club, Type 1 Together, and her absolutely adorable Type 1 Diabetes Stuffed Animals. Listen in for this amazing episode. Hey everyone, this is Samantha, founder and host of Type 1 Tribe, an interview series with T1D leaders all across the world. Our guest today is Raquel Barron. She is a Type 1 diabetic herself and also the founder of Type 1 Together. Welcome Raquel, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, I'm super excited. Of course. So tell us a little bit about you, like where you're from, where you live now. Yeah. So I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. I was there most of my life. I went to school in Austin, Texas, and then now I'm in Los Angeles, Wow. which was never part of the plan. It just actually kind of happened because I was living in this house with other entrepreneurs. It sounds crazy, but basically invited to this house, was there in Arizona for a couple months, ended up changing a lot of my life during that time and moved. They said they were going to LA next. And I was like, all right, I'll join you for another month. Um, and the month turned into me actually moving here. So here I am. <laughs> How do you like it there? Because it's very different than Texas. It's so different. Um, I like it and I hate it. If I'm being honest, like I don't see myself as an LA girl forever. I The traffic thing is real. Like at first, especially with babysitting type one kids, which I do a lot of, or I did when I first moved here, um, I was like driving all over town every single day and scheduling meetings all over the place, thinking it was like Texas where you can just drive everywhere. You know, it's 15 minutes max. And here it's like, you know, it really can be an hour (laughs) to get not very far. So it's been an adjustment there, um, but I love the ocean and being by the water and the type one community here is very amazing. I've met a lot of great friends um, through that. And yeah, I think it's a really great place to grow type one together. Um, Yeah, there's a lot happening, which is a great thing about it. But yeah, so I was diagnosed when I was five years old and it's been a huge journey. really building a strong relationship with my diabetes so that I can live the way that I want to live. I'm all about like still pursuing your passions and your dreams, regardless of living with type one. I think you can still eat the things that you want and do the things. I was a dance major in college. um, And that's what I thought I was going to be doing for my life until I actually found type one to be such a passion of mine, as you probably understand, and wanted to do more with it. There's just not enough resources, especially for families with young kids living with type one, which I'll talk more about when we get into type one together. But yeah, that is a little bit about me. I still teach dance a little bit on the side because I can't completely let go of it. Um, I actually have one type one student, which makes my whole world. It's so cute. Like she'll be wearing her Dexcom and I'll be wearing mine. And I've seen like kids will ask her like, what is that? And she'll point at me and just be like, that's what she has too. Like that's, she feels like she can just, you know, <laughs> put it off on me, which is great. Cause it's a lot to deal with at that young of an age. So that was yeah. a tangent, but yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. So what what type of dance is your favorite? I love contemporary, but I also love like hip hop, jazz, not ballet. I mean, I've done so much ballet because you just have to. Um, It's the foundation, but um, I teach like a jazz, a few jazz pop classes and a contemporary class. So it's just super fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) So I know you were little when you were diagnosed, but do you remember anything about your diagnosis story or anything from maybe your parents that they've told you? Yeah. 
So I had a pretty lucky diagnosis story, actually. I was coming up on my fifth birthday and I apparently I was like at a friend's house the mom made cookies and I like didn't want to eat them which was very unlike me I'm a big sweet person and I started getting sick I ended up coming down with some sort of virus which I now know is often what brings out type one um and I guess like she wasn't too concerned but then I did have my five-year-old checkup and so she asked them like I don't know what's going on she's been acting a little bit weird Um, And they pricked my finger, which is really rare. (laughs) I hear so many diagnosis stories where it's like, you know, they ask them to check their blood sugar and the doctor's like, no, there's no reason. Um, So they did. And I don't think that was dangerously high. My mom doesn't remember the number, but um, it was to the point where they were like, okay, just bring her back tomorrow after she eats something really sweet and sugary. So she took me, she's like, easy, I'll get her a donut. We did that, went back. And I think I was still a little bit high. So they said, bring her back again tomorrow, completely fasted. I know, weird. So she did that again. And um, at that point, they could tell my blood sugar was just high. And I'm guessing it was in like the 300 range since they weren't so concerned. And they were like, okay, I think your daughter has type one. Um, She needs to go to the hospital. But there was actually no space at the hospital at the time. So I had to wait another night. Yeah, insane. And I went the next day, um, got diagnosed. And I think at this point, it was like right after my fifth birthday. And so I had my birthday party scheduled for like the end of that week. And, you know, we had already kind of learned all the things. I mean, as much as they'll, you know, teach you. And I'd been there for a few days. And my mom really wanted me to go to my own birthday party. And this like student doctor that was working there at the time was like, no, like you still need to be here, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, she needs this right now. Like, please let her go. And so she talked to the endo and the endo um, ended up letting me go. And I was late to my fifth birthday party. (laughs) And it's weird because I do remember being there and like having to get a shot, which is sad. But I was very scared of needles and I had to like go into another room and I could only eat this much cake. And like, you know, it was very regimented at the time. And there was no um, there was no CGMs at the time. I don't think they existed at all. And then pumps weren't allowed for kids for a few years. Mm -hmm. So I was just on shots for a while doing the finger prick thing. And that was my normal. So yeah, it's weird. Like I do remember little moments and I don't remember most of my time (laughs) being five, but there were times that stuck with me. So yeah. Yeah, Well, it was a life-changing moment. So I'm not surprised something stuck with you, but it, yeah, your numbers yeah. must have not been that high because I feel like if they were right. really high, you would have, I don't know, been rushed to the hospital or something. Right. <laughs> I don't think I had any symptoms that my mom like was, you know, like I wasn't like peeing a lot for sure, or, like losing weight yet. So I somehow was able to catch it early, which I know is so rare. Does diabetes run in your family? It, I always say it doesn't. The truth is on my dad's side, I have like now two cousins that are like, we're all very po- far apart. Um, but it is on that side of the family. And so I guess it, it does, but nothing that we would ever think, you know, but right. it's all through my dad's side, which makes sense because type one usually travels through the father's side anyways. Right. Okay. So they have type one, your cousins. Yeah. Wow, That's crazy. Yeah. But it like skips a bunch of generations. So I don't know. Very yeah. Weird. Who knows? Cause like, I don't have anyone in my family that has it, but I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah, I always wonder if it's like, oh, well, you know, you had a grand or like a great, great, great grandfather that you just don't know. Or there's also just so many factors now in our life that I think have to do with increasing diagnosis rates, because at least for kids, they're skyrocketing. Well, even for adults, actually, more adults are getting diagnosed than ever. So 
something's going on. <laughs> Very sad. Yeah. So you mentioned pricking your finger and taking insulin shots. When did that, are you in a pump now? Yes. Okay. So when did so, that change and, or tell your pump history too? <laughs> yeah. So eventually I think I was eight when I got my first pump and I was very against it because just change in general was very scary to me. And, um, the insertion sites at the time were not like the clickable, like easy ones, even the true steel that I use now for my tandem pump, I do have to manually insert it. But I remember this old needle I had, it was like this long, like very long and it was a diagonal insert. So my mom had to like put it in sideways. Ugh. Freaky just thinking about it. Um, but she was like, if you do this, you won't have to get as many shots. Like you're going to be able to eat whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. Because they did have me on like a 15 carb for snack, 45 for each meal and like specific times, like very, very specific times. So um, I was really excited about that and it was life-changing and I never looked back. Um, but I was on the Animus Ping first, or sorry, the Animus, then the Animus Ping, that's no longer a company anymore. And then- I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah, it's an old, old one. It was like through Johnson & Johnson. And then I switched to the Medtronic 670G. That was the first closed loop to come out. Honestly, did not have a good experience with that specific pump. And I fought my way out of it to get onto the tandem, which now is the best. I love the T-Slim so much. So I don't plan on switching anytime soon, but I've never been on an Omnipod. I've heard great things about it, um, but I just never wanted anything bulky because dancing and rolling around and whatnot, I was able to disconnect my tandem really easily. Now, this is <laughs> might be a funny question, but have you ever gotten your wires stuck on anything? For sure. Not as much as I think I would expect. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, occasionally like just walking by your knobs or whatever. I've also shattered my tandem pump screen. Um, mm -hmm. Like I was dancing and I had like, you know, like the Lululemon leggings sometimes in the back, they have um, like a zipper pocket. So it was like, I got those specifically so I could put my pump there. And I was like, I had this like choreography where I'd like roll back on the floor and I just like felt it smash underneath me and luckily a tandem replace six is still in warranty but um but no I mean the the tubing thing is annoying but I think I just tuck it in pretty well yeah like I could never just walk around without or what are you on are you on a pump no so I'm on pens still okay. and that's why I'm always curious to hear like the difference between the two because I would either do yeah. or Omnipod and so that's why I'm like oh I don't know I'm curious to learn about them yeah they're both amazing I definitely like whenever I'm not wearing my pump, which is very rare now, but like I've tried to do pump breaks and stuff. It's crazy how much my body like knows that I'm missing something there. Like even as weird as this is to say, but like when I go to the bathroom, I have to make sure it doesn't fall out of my pocket or like little things. I'm just so aware that it's always there. Um, and it's like become a part of my body literally, right. It's attached to me all the time. So part of me is like, Oh, I should try Omnipod just to know what it's like. But, um, yeah, you can't really go wrong there. And Part of me wishes sometimes that I did just go pump free, but whenever I've tried, I don't know, the shots are like painful and like annoying to me still. Um, and the flexibility of having a pump and just being able to dose whenever I need. And I'm very much like a guesstimation person when it comes to diabetes at this point, 21 years later. Um, so being able to, you know, give like, especially eating out, like give some insulin. If I messed up, it's not the right amount. That's okay. I'm just going to put in a little bit more and like level out, you know? And so I think I would want to be that way on shots, but that's a lot of pokes. <laughs> that's kind of how I roll right now. And it is a lot of yeah. pokes. <laughs> so yeah. just because I'm not on a pump and maybe some of our listeners aren't also, can you talk a little mm -hmm. bit about the closed loop system and how that works? Like, do you 
set an ideal target range. And then let's say you go over that range, it automatically gives you insulin, correct? Yeah. So with the tandem, at least, and I believe it's the same now for the Omnipod, um, it does have a set target for you of 120. Yes, 120, um, which personally, I would like to have a lower target, but the FDA will only approve it to that amount because they want you to be safe. And I get that. Um, but the pros outweigh the cons for me because um, it keeps me in range just overall more often. So it will start to raise your basal, but only, um, well, no, it'll raise your basal a good amount, but then it will only give you a bolus like 60%, I think is the number. So it's like, if you need a unit, it's only going to give you a portion of that um, unless you manually go in and you're like, okay, I want to give more because it doesn't know what you're doing. And again, trying to keep you safe. So um, you can change it to sleep mode and on sleep mode, your target is 110, which is usually what I have it set to all day, but it won't actually give you those boluses while you're sleeping. It'll only raise your basal. So there's like little things where um, it doesn't want to be as aggressive at night because you're not awake, but at the same time, it will slowly bring you down lower. And the last two mornings I've woken up like at 109. I'm like, wow, it's really trying to keep me there. Um, and I'm trying to like hack it to figure out a way to get just like a little bit lower. But like I said, overall, it's so nice to just like let it do its thing. Um, it takes a lot of the just like extra brain power in the middle of daily life. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really interesting. You just mentioned the morning, though, because I've been running high in the mornings and yeah. on kids, there's not really much you can do about that, you know, because <laughs> it's just me yes. to wake up and give myself something. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. Are you familiar with the dawn phenomenon and no. what that is? OK, so in the morning, everyone type one or not. Uh, your blood sugar naturally spikes. I think it has to do with like your liver dumping sugar. I don't want to say it wrong, but um, it's common. So like, as soon as I wake up, I always start to go up as well. And I, I mean, I do try to set a basal rate that's a little bit higher for that time of day. But a lot of times when I first wake up, I'm not giving medical advice. This is just what works for me. But um, I will give myself like a unit right when I wake up, even if I know that I'm not going to eat for another 30 minutes or whatever, because it'll just bring me back to where I like want to be before I eat. Um, but the amount of insulin that you need in the morning, you're the most insulin resistant first few hours of the day. So I need so much, like even for a cup of coffee, it's like, I got to give so much more. And then later on in the day, I'm fine. So I don't know if that'll help at all, but it's, yeah, the time of day thing can be very tricky. It's very interesting how it all works. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about type one together. Yeah. So, um, I'll start with how we came to be. So I, actually did not want to do with the diabetes community at all growing up I was very against it I was like I don't need type 1 friends um I thought I was too cool for those lame and I ended up going to like a one week summer camp every year where I'd meet other type ones but other than that I did not talk to anyone and when I got to college I learned about the college diabetes network which recently renamed uh to the diabetes link it's called but um, basically it's like chapters at colleges where you can like meet other type ones, whatever. So I found out about it through a friend that wasn't type one. Their friend was the founder of like the UT Austin chapter. And so I was like, let me just go like one time. I'll see what it's like. And as soon as I met people with diabetes, I was like, wow, like I needed this a long time ago. Um, it's so nice to just have people around you that get it. And so that was what really started it all. Um, I got super involved, found the online community. My management changed so much. Like my A1C dropped a ton just from learning from others because your endos can only tell you so much in my opinion, especially if they're not living with diabetes. Um, and so I actually started interning at the JDRF in Austin. And through that, they started connecting me to all these families who needed babysitters, um, who have type one kids, 
they can't find anyone who they can trust. And so I started babysitting, great side gig as a college student. And I then started connecting all my college diabetes network friends to these families whenever I was busy. So I kind of became known as like the Austin type one babysitter and was doing it a lot, but um, it was so fulfilling. And I just realized how much these families needed a night out. Like it really can impact the parents' relationship and um, also just for the kids to be able to have someone. I actually did have a type one babysitter when I was younger and um, that was very impactful for me, just like being able to look up to someone. And so I um, was just doing that a lot. And then I was like, you know what, this needs to be a thing. Like there's nothing out there to connect families with babysitters. And so um, I started type one together at the end of my senior year as a type one specific babysitting service. And that's all it was to start. And it was growing and like it was in Dallas and Austin and I was doing it in a very different way than we're doing it now. Um, but then COVID hit and I had to pivot. No one needed babysitters anymore. Um, meanwhile, I was also realizing with all the families I was working with, how like stressed they were and how much like they were in the mindset that I had used to used to be in like as a young person living with diabetes where like they were just trying to figure things out that I realized like 20 years later I'm like wait if someone would have just sat me down and been like this is really how it is like I feel like a lot of times endos don't tell you realistically like what it's actually like to live with diabetes or how to handle different situations and how it impacts your mental health and all the things um and so I was like there needs to be more resources out there for families specifically so Type 1 Together began to expand into general like products and resources for kids living with type 1 and their parents. Um, we started making our Diabuddies, which I have a couple here to show you, but this is our like unicorn Diabuddy. Um, and then here's our Narwhal, but we have a bunch of animals. You can customize whatever devices that you want um, and colors. And then my cousin actually hand makes all of them. So it was just like a random idea we had because she did a little like Etsy crochet business and she was like, what if we made a type one version? And then um, that has just completely exploded. We have like a two month wait and we're trying to figure out how to get help with making them now, but you know, they're so nice. So we don't want to like, you know, bulk they're, so cute. Them. <laughs> they're very cute and well-made. So we started with that and I started doing like zoom, you know, coloring parties for kids during COVID and um, creating more resources for parents. And the babysitting stuff actually went away for a while um, there's also a lot of, you know, legal things that go along with that. And, uh, I can be liable for a lot. So I was trying to figure all that out and I kept getting requests for sitters. And so eventually I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make a super casual list, put it out on my personal Instagram type one day where I share about diabetes as a young adult. And, um, I was like, if anyone wants to be on this list, no matter where you are, like sign up, it's super easy. I'm not responsible for anything. All we're doing is connecting you to the family and then you can figure out the rest. And that has grown over the last couple of years. I think we have 700 sitters now across the country, which just in like the last few months, it's really been going crazy. Um, so it's super exciting. We're connecting a lot of families and um, we also have some courses. We do a type one grandparents course. So we're really focused on caregivers and helping people, uh, whether you're a babysitter or a parent or grandparent or whoever, learn how to care for kids living with type one. So um, that's been awesome. We're about to do another round of that. We now have like a super parents community, which is on um, the Honey Health app, which is an app founded by a type one. And um, you can meet other parents there and chat. And we have daily video content there. And we're actually um, going more in the direction now of specifically helping families through their first year of diabetes and beyond because um, 
again, that newly diagnosed, like you're coming home from the hospital, you have a huge binder of a bunch of papers and like none of it's really making sense. And to be able to help families through that time, I think is what will set you up for an amazing life with diabetes. So that's kind of where we're headed, but yeah. That's a lot. No, that's <laughs> We're a little amazing. bit all over the place, but yes. And you do all um, this full time? I mean, yes, there's been moments where I've like done it full, full time. Um, I still babysit a little bit for type one families more just because I can't say no. I mean, I've, I've gotten better at saying no because I can't babysit every single day, but I could do that more than full time and make enough um, if I wanted to. But I also teach dance once a week and then I do social media for a couple other companies on the side as well as my own social media stuff. So it's, I'm juggling a lot right now. And actually my goal for this year is to focus. Um, I want to, especially with Type 1 Together, like figure out the core things that we do offer and get that really down and hopefully be able to hire more help because it is a lot, but I love it. Like I wake up every day and I'm so excited and our community is growing so fast. So I know that there's such a need. So I'm just going to keep on going. Yeah, that's amazing. And those I've seen those diabetes on, on Instagram and they're the cutest yeah. things like they're not mm-hmm. typical stuffed animals like they are adorable right yeah <laughs> so I'm like, amazing it's and crazy. I'm pretty sure I'm on your babysitter list but if not I need to be so yes and I always say like you can turn down any job like there's no commitment for joining you're on there when a parent requests like let's say that there's a mom in Nashville that wants a list we literally email their like we do a specific email to that person we say this is the list of Nashville sitters within an hour of you and then like, we're not posting all your info everywhere. Um, and it's just your email and then any other notes that you want to include. And then if they reach out to you, you can always say no, right? Like there's no, this is a free resource. Like we're trying our best to connect people and um, it can be hard and we don't have someone for everyone, but we're trying to grow and spreading the word is just really helpful to grow the list as much as possible. Yeah. That's, it's an amazing thing you're doing for sure. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you think the type one diabetes world will be in the future, um, whether that's, you know, like a cure or just better technology, or maybe on the flip side of that, like something negative of more people being diagnosed. Like, what do you, what do you think it's going to be like in five to 10 years? Yeah. I honestly don't hold on to the idea of there being a cure anytime soon. Although that would be nice. I just, yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, they're making a lot of money off of us, but I don't know. So, um, also, yeah, technology wise, I think, well, there's also the question of like, what do you consider to be a cure? And I think the technology will get better and better and better and almost be something that works for you, even more so than the closed loop right now. So I think that's something we can for sure get excited about. And um, I do think more people will be diagnosed. I also think more people will be aware. I think we're already seeing a lot more in the news about insulin prices and also just normal, you know, more famous people getting diagnosed and sharing it. And so um, I think that'll be kind of cool that more people will know, but it's also sad because I think just, you know, the numbers are going up, but what I think, I think it'll be good that, you know, the community has grown so much online and the resources have grown and there are a lot of people trying to build things. And I think that's really beautiful. Like I always with type one together, try to collaborate with others who are already doing amazing things. Cause we don't need to recreate the wheel over and over. And I'm just all about everyone trying to provide more resources. And so I hope that, people that are getting diagnosed won't go through, you know, that period that I did when I was younger, where there wasn't as much stuff out there. Like we just know more now we have more methods and different methods work for different people. So um, I just hope it's like a more like smooth transition. And I think 
even with the parents I work with now, like it's super hard for them. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, you have it so good. Like my mom was up in the middle of the night, every night checking my blood sugar because there was no Dexcom, you know? And so just that change, um, even in the last 10 years, is just crazy. I know. I can't, I can't imagine being, especially a parent with a kid that has one, because you're still not the one going through it as a parent, you know, yep. so like you're still trying to manage for somebody else. And then yeah, not having any yeah. tools back in the day. I, I can't even imagine. Very yeah, you can't feel it as a parent, which is actually a really big thing because I do, you know, make a lot of decisions off of like, I can feel myself dropping. Like, I know this is going to be a really bad low. I'm going to go ahead and eat more than 10 carbs, you know? So yeah, I totally agree. Crazy. So for all of the, unfortunately, the new people that are being diagnosed, what's some tips of advice that you would give to them about learning about diabetes and how to thrive with it? Yeah. Um, I'm a big mindset person. I really think that number one, accepting that you have type one is so huge and it might take time. And I think you should cry about it and let yourself be upset about it, but also like understand this is what you live with. And it's something that can literally get you down every single day if you let it. And so if you're able to just decide like, okay, I live with this, I'm going to make the best of it and um, try to have that positive mindset as cheesy as it sounds like it's so important because you can get down a, a very deep dark hole very quickly with type one. Um, and I always think of it like, okay, when I have high blood sugar, I can either be super upset about it or I could just not, <laughs> which sounds really stupid, but it's like, had the high I feel the repercussions of the high in my body do I want to make it worse on myself by like being so angry no like and so yeah sometimes I'm so upset like I'm not going to say that I'm not but just that mindset of like okay I'm high like let me deal with it that's all I can do right now like let me drink the water go for a walk give myself insulin like what else can I do and then just like move on <laughs> because there's just no point in my mind of like you know sulking over those things so that's kind of how I stay positive but again letting yourself be upset because it does really suck sometimes um and just reminding everyone that you can do everything that you want with diabetes I really believe that like as cliche as that is you can and um also if you don't want to do something because of diabetes that's also okay like I will transparently say like with dancing I love it so much and I can't be a professional dancer with diabetes but like where my blood sugar is great while I was dancing not really like it was really hard because I was taking off my pump putting it on and I didn't know what kind of class we were having that day and like you know how intense it was going to be and it was very unpredictable and um I didn't feel my best necessarily with my blood sugars and so like am I not doing it because of that no but like am I kind of happier in my body right now that I'm not dancing 24 7 like honestly yes and that's also okay so I feel like we we, we need to give permission on that side of things too yeah that was great advice. I agree about the mindset totally. And it is when you first get diagnosed, of course, it's hard because it's a life change and you should let yourself grieve kind of like a loss, you know, like you're literally losing a pancreas, almost like a death or a yeah. loss. You have to go through those phases, but then you're right. It, there's no reason of getting upset if you have a high or low blood sugar. It's like, just fix it and move on. Yeah, that's all we can do. <laughs> do you have any last tips or advice or comments for our followers? I don't think so. I'm very excited about everything that you're building and I want to keep tuning into all the things. And yeah, I think just, just stay involved in the community. That's really the biggest thing because it literally changed my management and my life and being able to vent with other people and talk with them. And as much as I, you know, share on my page about diabetes, like I don't really think about diabetes that much anymore because 
like I feel like I have my community to share and talk about it and then I have my life and like it's just so separate you know so I think leaning into it in a lot of ways can really help you um like feel like yourself and like more whole on your own if that makes any sense definitely yeah so if people want to get in touch with you or buy a diabetic how do they mm-hmm. go about doing that yeah um so everything type one together is type one together.com and the diabetic shop is is going to be closed until february 1st just so y'all know megan's getting a little tiny break because she's sitting there crocheting all the time <laughs> um but we will have them back with some new ones too coming very soon and then um at type one together the one is spelled out so it's not the number one um on instagram and tiktok and then my personal is type one day also spelled out like taking it one day at a time is kind of what i was going for there but (laughs) um yeah you can find me there and i share about diabetes and also just life i love it well thanks so much for being here i loved everything you had to say it was a great great chat thank you it was so nice being here yeah of course thank you Such an amazing interview with Raquel. She is so great, isn't she? Make sure to follow her on Instagram, type one day and type one together to learn more about Raquel and follow her. She's really active on social media, so you're definitely going to want to do that. Also, if you are interested in winning a T1D gift box full of blood sugar friendly snacks, type 1 diabetes accessories, stickers, make sure to enter the contest on our website, type1tribe.com. There will be a pop-up. Enter your information there. We choose contestants weekly to win a type 1 diabetes gift box. You're not going to want to miss out on that. Your chances are definitely high. So make sure to enter your information there, and we will see you all in the next episode.